With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back, everybody, and thank you for downloading episode 152 of the Golf Unfiltered podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam from GolfUnfiltered.com. Follow me on Twitter at GolfUnfiltered. Send me an email, GolfUnfiltered at gmail.com. Go out and check out our Patreon page, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash GolfUnfiltered, and we would appreciate if you wanted to support the show. Thanks to our patrons that have already done so. Harry Arnett, you know him as the Senior Vice President of Marketing and Brand Management at Callaway Golf. He's also the President of OGO Golf. And Harry is a fun follow on Twitter. He's been on the show once before, way back in episode 65. Harry and I joke a little bit about how long it's been (laughs) since he's been on the show. And so, you know, Harry uh, has been pretty active on social recently, talking about Ball Wars, hashtag Ball Wars. You guys know what I'm talking about if you follow him and me on Twitter. And, you know, he he goes into it a little bit in our conversation today that we kept really casual about everything. And I want to thank Harry for coming on to talk about, you know, his viewpoint on some of the advertising that we're seeing in the game these days. And, and certainly some brands do it more overtly than others. Some brands try to sneak in little shots here and there. One of the things I appreciate the most about Callaway Golf, especially Harry, is the fact that they're just honest. They they go out and they say exactly what they want to say. They're not trying to hide behind any messaging or slip in some, you know, unfair comparisons that you're going to hear Harry and I talk a little bit about um, in our conversation. And they just go and they let their products talk for themselves. They have great products. I've played Callaway products throughout most of my golfing career. I've got a couple drivers sitting here uh, that I'm looking at right now that I think are great. And even though I don't play the brand exclusively through my bag, I mean, it, they're, they're just a brand that you can trust because, really, they have people you can trust. And so Harry and I touch on a few different topics. Uh, certainly, we talk about the golf ball war uh, that is either real or not, whether you believe that or not, that's going on right now. Um, and we, uh, we talk about a few other things. We, we get a little deep in regard to the success of Callaway, whether or not it can maintain that success or sustain, I guess is the better word, and really what keeps Harry up at night regarding the brand and and what he does. And really, I think what comes across so well in what Harry talks about is just, man, he really likes his job. And I think you're going to hear that too. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy this conversation with Mr. Harry Arnett from Callaway Golf. Sit back, relax. Here's Harry. Yeah, whenever you're ready. All right. So, you know, like we were talking about, Harry, I mean, first of all, thanks again for coming on. It's it's always a pleasure to either speak with you on the phone. I know we haven't done it much, but you and I chat fairly often on Twitter. You're doing that a lot these days. Well, you know, I, I do. Um, my wife says too much, and maybe I should have a resolution to be less on Twitter, but I... 
I really liked the interaction with golfers and media and folks like you um, about Callaway, about golf. And I think that uh, that's one of the cool things I think about golf social media is everybody's so passionate that it's a, a lot of fun, even if we're on opposite sides of a, of a topic, which occasionally can happen, Adam. It doesn't happen a lot, but occasionally it happens where um, we're on not you and me, but where I can be on an opposite side of something. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I feel the same way about a lot of topics, especially now. And, I mean, you know that we talk a lot about about equipment on Golf Unfiltered. And, you know, you certainly are the guy to talk about equipment with. And you are uh, very active recently talking about, you know, golf balls is a very hot topic. And what I, – I just – walk me through that whole scenario of where you see an ad named to be – we won't talk about the name, but you see an ad and, and you go on Twitter and I know I felt the desire to just spout off and just say, you know what? You guys are just full of it. And typically brands don't, don't go that route, but you're, you're in leadership and, and you decide, you know what? I'm going to speak my mind. I mean, I, I thought that was fantastic. What, what put you over that edge? (laughs) Um, well, I don't think, brands or people ever get in trouble if they are talk about things they believe in or speak the the truth and what you're talking about i don't mind saying it titleist has an ad they're running it's uh for their new tour soft golf ball which is an ionomer golf ball a two-piece ionomer golf ball and i was really surprised that a brand like Titleist um, would have an ad where they were trying to get the consumers, really uneducated, ignorant consumers, in my opinion, to frame up a comparison that makes sense of a tour urethane golf ball like the ones that, that they were comparing against. And Chrome Soft, our, our tour urethane golf ball played on tours, happened to be one of them, the first one they mentioned, against an ionomer ball, which performs nothing like a urethane golf ball. Mm. So much so that there aren't a single... We actually looked this up. There is not a single player on any major tours who's playing an ionomer golf ball except for one on the Champions Tour who happens to be playing one of our golf balls, a Diablo Tour golf ball. So there's not a single player playing an ionomer golf ball on on uh any of the men's tours i should say and the major ones um champions tour web tour uh pga tour european tour not not one and so i thought and we think at callaway that was completely misleading and i didn't mind saying it and i think what might have surprised people was calling titleists out directly because generally Titleist, people think Titleist maybe is above that or shouldn't be called out directly or brands shouldn't call it directly. I just felt so strongly that it was misleading the, the golfer and disrespectful to um, to all the work we've done in trying to innovate that category that I felt like it, it was worth doing that and i think that's the only time i've ever done anything like that so um you know i think it it that at least things have died down somewhat although they're still running the ad but um but i still think 
for a company like that to frame up that comparison is completely misleading. They should have been comparing their ionomer ball to our ionomer ball or other people's ionomer ball. That's a fair comparison. And let's see how those perform. And so as we started to think about it, you know, that's, that's really the comparison people should be making. And they should be comparing other tour balls to Titleist's tour ball, to Pro V1. And that's something that uh, I think people would be very interested to see. I'm glad you did it because I think the point you brought up about the the consumer, you know, the consumers nowadays are more educated in what goes into their equipment than ever before. I don't have to tell you that. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you're not comparing apples to apples. And to the points that you just outlined, I think, is very important. And the fact of the matter is, in my mind, I mean, I just thought it was stupid that they would put out an ad that people are going to find out and say, hey, these aren't even the same golf balls. But you're right. I mean, they're kind of... They're kind of trying to pull into those those golfers that maybe don't take the game as seriously, or at least their equipment as seriously as others. It just doesn't seem like a, a wise marketing ploy. But you know, you're certainly the expert in marketing. I'm not. <laughs> well, we'll see. I think um, you know, from our perspective, people that are buying Chrome Soft are perhaps the most educated people in that urethane category because they've already done the research to figure out that Chrome Soft performs better for them than the other golf balls in that category, including Pro V1, who, which is you know basically a routine impulse buy at, at this stage in that category. So we weren't feeling threatened necessarily from a, from a business standpoint. We were more, um, I guess, offended that, that they would be trying to mislead golfers in that in that in that area we didn't think that was good for anybody not not the least of which is the golfer and i you're you're 100 right golfers now um this is part of our our entire philosophy especially in marketing are much more about curating their learning in the category through all different types of media whether it's tv or print obviously there and that's those are advertising media but definitely in the digital space where they're learning about these products and they're learning how they perform and they understand or should understand the difference between a two-piece ionomer golf ball and a multi-piece urethane golf ball and why you know better players and and tour players will prefer urethane versus ionomer and and so um we felt like that was that was needed to be pointed out, and uh, I was a little surprised we were the only company that did point that out. The other the others that they mentioned have sort of stayed silent on the topic, but um, but I don't we don't mind being the only one, and you know we we think that's that's a, a pretty good thing. Then if if Tiles is going to be pointing us out and and comparing themselves to us, then we'll we'll probably follow along and let and let people see the the data for what it is. I think a lot of people really appreciated the fact that you know you guys did speak out and i think i mean that's just going to make you guys look more endearing in my opinion so (laughs) maybe i got a lot of you suck you're uh you know what are you doing but um you know that was a busy that was a busy two days i wasn't counting for over that weekend coming right back from the pga show i spent a lot of time a lot of time on the phone and the computer over the weekend and my wife was like what are you doing come on let's get some uh get some stuff done around the house like titleist started it i can't help it so um but yeah i think it's i think it'll be I think at the end of the day, coming out of this, um, 
we know golfers are going to be a lot more educated about the golf ball category, and we we definitely feel that when when there are better educated golfers, Callaway is better off for that. So um, we're looking at this absolutely now as an opportunity. So I want to transition to to maybe educate golfers a little bit further, specifically on two brands or two models that you guys um, have that everyone knows about. And speaking of the PGA show, I mean, there was a buzz, Harry. I mean, uh, talking to a lot of people that you and I both know who have been on the show most recently about uh, about Rogue. I mean, uh, Callaway Rogue. It's it's a new driver. It's a new set of irons. It's a new. It's just a new model altogether. And people, I feel, are still confused a little bit about well why are we releasing rogue when we still have epic and epic with just a insurmountable in my opinion level of success it was so successful but now here comes callaway with rogue and are we supposed to now can i you know shift over to rogue but from my understanding and let me know if i'm wrong harry i mean rogue and epic were built to to live together side by side ain't that right yeah, they are, and there's a there's a degree of that just one year after next. Everybody assumes oh, this must replace that, um, and I think it might have confused people at the beginning when they saw there were two Rogue is, a, is the same price point in the market as Epic is. Epic is still in the market, and we we sort of did something radical, I think, there, which is we we took an approach more especially in that premium driver category, um, you know, $500 and above, that most of the drivers sold there are sold in a fitting environment. So somehow something is happening where they're either trying it in a, in a hitting bay or trying it on the golf course or certainly at Greengrass. You know, 100% almost of, of drivers sold at Greengrass are sold through a fitting process. And we thought that, Epic still jailbreak technology, adjustable perimeter weight was was a great golf club and a great club for fitting because of adjustable perimeter weight. And with through through the development process of Rogue, we had a, a improvement to jailbreak. the The driver itself is a much bigger footprint. You'll see them if you hold them side by side. Rogue is a bigger driver than Epic is. It doesn't have the adjustable perimeter weight, so it has a um, it has a weight in the back that you can adjust for swing weighting or um, or other purposes if you if you go uh, you know shorter shaft or whatever. But it, it it has an adjustable hosel, but it doesn't have the full extent of adjustability that Epic does. And because it's a bigger footprint, because um, of some of the modifications we made. It's it has a lot more MOI than Epic does, so it's a much more forgiving golf club than Epic is, and um, and we were able because it's bigger, we were able to move the center of gravity lower. So it it has a unique performance promise to it that we felt like didn't necessarily obsolete Epic's performance. The only thing that would make people maybe feel like it was replacing Epic is that's just what they're used to one year after the next when you know when when a when a TaylorMade launches a, a an M3 and an M4 that's replacing their M1 and M2 and and they get that in the marketplace there's still M1 M2s out there M3s M4s but the M1 M2s are less are are you know that's a it's a discounted price for us we we wanted to go that a different route and think more about a custom 
fitting environment. So when people go in, the only thing that is not new about Epic is that it's one year old. So I guess by definition, it's not new. Um, but it's the same price. So it is two entirely different performance um, characteristics on on those golf clubs. And you know, some people, if you hadn't played anything with jailbreak in it before, so you know, a non Callaway driver, we think we're going to have a lot more ball speed than you had. If you're playing, uh, if you want that degree of adjustability to dial in your shot shape, then that's probably Epic's probably going to be the way you would want to go. And it, but if you want extremely high MOI along with that ball speed, as well as um, as well as the lower CG, so a great combination of of low center of gravity, low spin, and forgiveness, then Rogue's probably going to be going to be uh, what you what you like. And and that certainly has played out. We we launched the product on Friday officially, and that's exactly what we're seeing. And as a matter of fact, our launch weekend we we did better with rogue than we did with epic which nobody would have believed that because epic did so well last year so um we really think we have the best one-two punch in golf by a mile and uh we're excited about those about those two products but it is a little unorthodox so i could see how people would not be used to that because it's not what what's uh been done before the look of the club is just it's, it's a great looking club and i'm not convinced that Maybe you guys wanted to make the soul of the club your avatars on social. It makes you guys look like superheroes. Just the way that <laughs> it's it's very very interesting. So bravo! I love that. Our our agency came up with that, and they showed um they showed a few different options as all agencies do. And the one they had that they were like positive that we wouldn't like was the one that you're talking about, which made made the driver almost look like a, an alien or a transformer and almost unanimously on the Callaway side. We're like, that's so cool. We got to do that. We got to do that somehow. And uh, we ended up going with that as kind of our, our launch piece. I think that was really smart. And, you know, you talk a lot about kind of the unorthodox uh, manner in which Rogue was released. And again, it's a full line of clubs throughout, you know, uh, you know, drivers, woods, irons and whatnot. But, you know, uh, I've heard some things. Harry, that people are confused as well about just the number of options across Callaway's whole catalog about different club types. And I know you probably remember all that chatter on Twitter not too long ago, but like, wow, there's just too many options. I don't see it that way. I think options are a good thing, and obviously you guys do too. As long as there, as long as we're segmenting it in a way that there's not a ton of overlap, then I think we're fine. I think a lot of what people. Um, say in terms of oh there's there's too many products they're not really looking at it they're at it the way that it's merchandised they're more following this stuff in digital marketing and digital communications where they they hear about a lot of products a lot instead of really looking at what's in the fitting cart what's on the wall and so if you look at like any go into any golf retailer today or greengrass location and we essentially have three models that are in a fitting environment. We have Rogue, um, which is you know our new product with uh, um, that has uh, t- uh, two different varieties. We have a pro version of Rogue. Nobody is standing there looking at a Rogue iron and looking at a pro iron and feeling confused about what the two are. Rogue is a big is a big iron with wide sole and a, a thick top line it, it just it screams distance and forgiveness 
and the Rogue Pro is a smaller um, a smaller envelope with the thinner top line, less offset, thinner sole. That's for you know more accomplished players. Generally, a, a plus to ten handicap Rogue's going to be anywhere from a five to twenty five, and then we have a a the one I think that will be the most eye opening for people is this Rogue X, and what that is is we wanted to. We wanted to do something completely modern and not be held back by the conventional wisdoms that exist in club design. And we wanted to almost say this is not for people that want to go on the internet and figure out what the loft is of my 7-iron or what the loft is of my 8-iron. We want people that are going to get out on the golf course and you know, we want them to fly the way they normally would fly but we want them to go as just as far as possible. And we, we sort of test marketed this in Japan last year. And we were not sure because J- Japan is typically a very conservative market with respect to irons. And we launched um, our product there is called Epic star. We have an Epic star here, but it's, it's different than the one in Japan. And it had that modern spec with a very low CG, um, a little bit lighter, a little bit longer. And, the the loft package on it is totally different than what has existed before and within like two weeks it was the best selling iron in japan and this was a really expensive iron too so that opened our eyes that people aren't as hung up on the same stuff that we on the golf internet are hung up on you know the the crowd that's uh, ben hogan played a you know a uh, 49 degree nine iron like that this is different this is for people that don't really care about that they only want a club that launches properly it, you know we're not hitting bullets and goes as far as possible and so that's what rogue x is it's a it's a a modern spec um iron and in our opinion that's the direction that these these thin-faced irons are going and you can see that even from the most conservative competitors that we have out there. They're all sort of migrating that way, whether they call it a, a you know, distance spec or um, I think even like uh, the, the new AP3 Titleist iron is like a 43-degree pitching wedge. So they're all, they're all seeing the same things we're seeing, which is it doesn't really matter what the loft is as long as you're getting – um, a launch that makes sense, a launch, uh, 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 launch degree that makes sense and a spin profile that's going to hold the green. So, um, so that's rogue X. And then we've got apex, which is still, you know, our, our kind of top of the line forged distance iron. We've that's, you know, been, it created a category. So it's still out there. We have the Epic iron, which sits above that. And that's kind of a concept car, um, rarefied air, $1,800 sets of irons. And then, um, and then big Bertha, which is our super game improvement iron. So we're not that different from what other people have in the category. And I think the other thing is we're on two year cycles, like everybody else. Um, most everybody else is too. So when you think about the number of irons we have, sometimes you think, Oh, there's so many of them. But if you see what's actually on the floor at retail or in uh, in green grass, it's it's about what you what other folks have. 
You know, one of the things I've noticed, Harry, um, you know, obviously you're the SVP of, you know, marketing and brand management at Callaway. You're the president of OGO. You guys have more people under the, or more brands under the Callaway umbrella. And I get the feeling that Callaway is transitioning into a lifestyle brand to a degree. Um, you guys are involved in Top Golf. You guys are involved in a lot of different areas that, you know, you wouldn't normally expect a golf company to be involved in. Is that, is that kind of the goal long term to see Callaway or a subsidiary of them in many different areas of a golfer's life? Um, yeah, maybe. I think from Callaway Golf, so let's just take like the you know the Callaway Golf brand we were just talking about. So golf balls, irons, um, we're still going to be all about premium performance, and I think that um, the way that we the way that we see the world and the way that we see the industry and the golfer evolving will will naturally have our brand evolve as well. So we think that there's there's so many ways that people are engaging in the game today that we feel like um, that Callaway being a part of those ways makes people's golf experience better. And so, you know, it's not all about tour all the time. It's not about um, PGA club professionals all the time. It's it's about the golfer and um, the tours. A tour is a part of that. Obviously, playing the golf at at, uh, at a golf course is part of that. What happens in golf retail is part of that. The way that people are consuming information about golf is part of that. Certainly, Top Golf is a part of that. Whether you're a hardcore golfer or you're not a hardcore golfer, that's part of the golf experience. And we we love the we love framing the golf public broadly like that. And then with some of these other um, other brands that that we've brought in as part of our company over the last year, the way that we kind of see it is, you know, the brands you mentioned, Travis Matthew, OGO, these are very premium brands where innovation and, you know, in Travis Matthew's case, it's style, but also innovation really matter. And so, you know, we think that's a place where our company really can can start to can start to grow in a in a really dynamic way and both of those brands in particular Travis Matthew and and Ogio have golf presence so um they're meaningful in golf but they also have opportunities outside of golf that we think is also really cool as well so um I think what you'll see over the next you know short term and midterm is you'll see the Callaway golf brand continuing to get stronger and stronger and stronger continuing to put out you know the world's best products to, you know really cool innovations like urethane microspheres and soft fest cores face cups jailbreak those kinds of things and then in these other brands that are part of our umbrella you'll start to see you know also travis matthew pushing the envelope on golf style uh, or style inside of golf but also outside of golf OGO, what's happening in bags um, and accessories inside of golf, but also outside of golf. I mean, think about OGO. There are more bags sold in a year, um, OGO branded bags sold in a year around the world than all of the golf bags combined by anybody that makes a golf bag. So it's a big, it's a big brand. And um, people may know it that listen to your to your show as 
as a golf brand, but they probably see it all the time when they're walking through an airport or whatever with people walking with OGO backpacks or OGO luggage. And so, you know, we think we have a lot to offer in terms of innovation, like I said, and, and, uh, and bringing kind of style and, and performance, um, to that brand. Now, Harry, I mean, all of that has led Callaway and the brands to becoming the the number one company in golf. I mean, I don't think anyone can really argue with that anymore. I'm certainly not going to argue that. I think it's quite <laughs> evident. And, you know, as we know in sports, and I know you've been in the game for a long time, you've seen companies get to that top spot. Callaway's there now. It's got to be draining. And there's got to be some things that keep you up at night. Being on top, it's hard to stay on top. What what makes Callaway different? Like what makes the company culture so great that you can get to that level and hopefully maintain it? Well, you know, I, this may sound funny since I, we opened the show up by talking about, uh, tweeting about Titleist, but we really don't have, uh, we don't have a, a view that is necessarily, um, uh, inspired by, things that are happening with competitors. So we're not, we're not motivated by playing defense. Let me put it that way. So we're really are looking at what's the next innovation in driver. What's the next innovation in in iron? What's the next innovation in putters? How can we, how can we improve what we're doing in golf ball to not just be the, the fastest growing major golf ball brand, but how could we be, the number one brand based on performance, not based on paying the most professionals to play our golf ball. How can we do those kinds of things? And so really focusing at the end of the day on let's try to make the very best products in the world in the categories that we're in. Let's try to think of new and interesting ways for, for the, the, the golfer or the consumer to learn about them and buy them. And then Let's try to enhance the experience that people have with that product season after season, time after time, um, over and over and over again. And so uh, I remember Chip and I, Chip Brewer, our CEO, and I were talking about um, Papa John's, I think, of all places. And um, Papa John's was talking, they had a bad quarter or a bad, a bad earnings release and they talked a lot about the the consumer and how um, I think they had had a, a partnership with the NFL and they felt like maybe the bad publicity the NFL had was casting a bad shadow on their brand. And Chip and I were were uh, in an airport. We were just kind of talking about Papa John's and we there was a little bit of a pause and um, we both were saying you know what? But at the end of the day, isn't it that just people aren't liking their pizza as much? <laughs> and so, you know, at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to, especially especially in a performance product environment, is you want to lead in innovation and lead in performance. And so I think that's the DNA of our company. It always has been, always will be, that we invest more in, in R&D than anybody else, club R&D. And in these, the even in these, these newer businesses that are part of our company, that's what we're, that's what we're focused on. So in OGO, um, for example, which you mentioned, I, I get to lead that team. We're talking about how do we make the world's next, you know, greatest backpack? How do we make 
the world's greatest golf bag? How do we make the the world's greatest um, spinner wheel carry on bag? What are the features that have to go into it? So we're not we're not focused on what's Toomey doing or what's Samsonite doing or what's what's Sun Mountain doing or we're not really focused on that as much as we are. Let's make really awesome products that we're bringing to market in interesting ways. And if we can do that in a in a consistent way that the consumer loves and respects and is dying to buy our products that generally that generally ladders up to a pretty a pretty good business it sounds like it and i know i've seen it and you're right i i travel fairly frequently for work and i see a lot of ogo on all sorts of bags throughout the airport and terminals so i you you uh you ring what you say rings true there there harry Uh, i got one more here for you and this is from uh, our friends over at the Hackers Paradise, and it sounds a little bit like one of those annoying job interview questions, but I think it's a good uh, philosophical question, so to speak. And I know that when I saw it, it made me think even about what I do on this show. And the question is this, Harry. It's, what did you learn from last year that's going to help you the most this year? Whoa. Well, that's... That's pretty deep. That's really very deep for THP. Those guys are usually drunk most of the time, or at least they are when I see them because it's always at the at, at our tournament in December. Um, I well, I mean, this is a continuing journey, and I I wouldn't say I necessarily learned it last year, but it's something that that definitely validated a belief that I had, and that is, um, I don't know how I say this in a succinct way, but never underestimate the consumer. And the the power that a consumer or a golfer has today to really create his or her own experience in life within the game has never been more open to him or her. And so that's that's definitely something I've felt keenly over the last, you know, five to ten years that I think a lot of people don't really think about because they think of golf in particular as being a very exclusive sport, but there are more ways to engage with golf both on the course and just with the game itself than ever today um, that there are today than ever before. And so, you know, that's really exciting for me for the job that I have because I not only get to the responsibility of, of educating you know, millions and millions of people about Callaway and, and OGO and, and our company. But I, I also feel like I have um, the best job in the world because I get to introduce them to the people that make those products. And I think um, that kind of access point, giving people that access point to the performance products in golf um, as a, you know, that they're really passionate about is, uh, is something I think that's, that, that's really cool for me. And I think it's really cool for golfers. So, um, you know, I think that, uh, that, that sort of never, never, uh, never underestimate the consumer. And that's a little bit different. You know, you'll hear a lot of times people say like, Oh, that, you know, consumers are ignorant or consumers are, are unaware or, you know, um, you even hear some people, companies that they don't say it, but they kind of, you're like, they think consumers are dumb. Um, but, the consumers are, are really, really, really knowledgeable and, uh, and desiring to 
learn, um, and I say it's curated learning, that, that whole curated learning philosophy. They're really, really are in charge of putting together their own learning environment about about stuff they're passionate about. And that's really exciting. I think that's really exciting for the game and definitely really exciting for, for the job that I have because that's, um, I get to, I get to sort of figure out what we're going to try to try to give them. I hear a lot of passion in your voice when you talk about your, your company. Would you say you've got your dream job right now? Yeah. You know, the, I think the, this is the other thing. This is a little more wonky, but I've always believed and held on to the philosophy that you should create your own job, you know, and for me personally, um, I've kind of created my, my own little reality here. So, uh, I, I, the, the thing I love about this job and I tell my team this every day is when you get to, you know, levels of, of seniority, either because you're good at your job or you're old. Um, and I'm, you know, you could argue either way for that for me, but, um, the thing that I love most about it is I get to I I literally get to p- pick the people I work with and that part is awesome because I come in I come in every day to um 120 people from OGO and and Callaway uh marketing and our our Callaway digital um business that I really honest 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 to god love working with every day and and those people um are as committed to teamwork and creating an environment of collaboration and innovation as any group I've ever been around. So that, uh, yeah, that's, that's a dream come true. There's never, there's never a day where I walk in where I'm dreading going in. Um, some days are harder than others, just in terms of whatever the subject matter you're, you're dealing with, but it's always, it's always an opportunity to learn from really smart people that are really wanting themselves and others to get better. So I'd, don't know what would be my dream job if this isn't it, but, um, but I hope uh, I hope that I, I hope that Chip doesn't throw me out anytime soon because I'd miss the people I work with. That's for sure. You do a great job at it, Harry. And listeners, we're talking to Harry Arnett, Senior Vice President of Marketing and Brand Management over at Callaway Golf. You can follow him on Twitter at Harry Arnett CG. Harry, I promise that we won't wait another ninety something episodes to bring you back on the show. <laughs> I'll see you again, uh, hopefully before the next ninety. All right, man. You have a good evening, and thanks again. Thanks, Adam. Bye-bye.